Hello world, this is Big Rigger back with another episode of Deep Thoughts from the Shallow End. Um, sorry for the break, been dealing with some other issues in life, some personal issues, so um, there's been a gap in uh, in episodes, I apologize for that. Um, I was going to do something funny tonight, or something relaxed or positive, but um, I can't, I can't do it. Um, shit's bothering me shit is bothering me and this George this George Floyd thing has me pissed off um and actually um I'm pissed off at all of us right now as as Americans um I'm disgusted and uh I I just uh I got I got to touch upon it you know I still have to get my my um my 10 worst things about the uh coronavirus out there I still have to get other things done but tonight I have to touch upon this cuz I'm um, I'm just I'm sick of it. And um, quick, uh, quick background about myself that you guys might not know is um, I don't, I, I, I don't consider myself a racist. Um, I have, I definitely have um, some peeves about people that bother me, just like every human does, you know. But I don't tie them to race, or I don't tie them to anything to do with um, religious you know, your, your religious beliefs or where you're from or nothing like that. I just have, just like every person has things that people do that bother you. But I would say that mine are not racially, um, based. And I, I, I try to be, um, I try to, I try to remain non-racially biased if I can. Um, you know, I try to be a good human. And if you've, if you've heard my other podcasts, um, constantly working on myself to try to do that and um i hope i'm having some success i think i am um a quick background on myself uh so like i said we're gonna touch upon um oh and <laughs> another thing i do make jokes about everything though about every race including um 43 year old fat white guys like myself so i make jokes about everything so i don't think that makes me a racist i just think it makes me someone who likes to laugh at everything that's funny um but we're going to talk about the the whole george floyd thing and police brutality tonight and what's going on with the rioting and looting and quick background on myself um i was actually a a victim of police brutality when i was 19 years old um in new jersey i was um publicly intoxicated um at 19 i was in college um and I was in a parking lot. I had had too much to drink, and I was unarmed, and I was acting in a non-threatening manner. Um, and I ended up being um, pepper sprayed and um, hit with a. Um, when I when I when I went to the ground, I actually put my hand on the back of the cruiser to steady myself because I couldn't see obviously, and I got hit across the hand with a nightstick or what do they call them? Billy Club, Baton, I don't know. Depends on what generation you're from, I guess. Um, then I was hogtied and dragged across a parking lot and thrown into the back of one of the cruisers, um, face down and still hogtied. And that night, there were a couple black cops there, a couple white cops there. So um, I was the victim of police brutality myself, and I don't sit here and say that, oh, I was picked on by the black cops because I was a white guy. It was just something that happened. Okay. It was more of, um, more of a situation where 
five or six cops um, overreacted to a situation and used their authority to a point that became, in my mind, criminal. But um, so I can kind of understand both sides of this story. And I'm going to try to go into this um, and be fair. But I, I might upset some people throughout this podcast, but um, these are my views. You can disagree, agree, whatever you want to do. It's up to you. Um, but here we go. Uh, that's enough of the buildup because I want to get into this. Um, if you don't know the story of George Floyd <clears throat> from Minnesota, you have been living under a rock or on the moon for the last few days. Um, he's a 46-year-old black man, um, father, who was, um, who was stopped by police because he fit the description of um, another black man who was trying to pass a $20 counterfeit bill. Um, he was stopped by four officers. Um, one of the, one of these officers name is Derek Chauvin. If I'm saying that right, Derek Chauvin. Um, I don't even want to say his name because honestly, he's such a piece of shit that I don't even think his name should be uttered by anybody ever again. Um, my personal view on that man is that he should be, um, put away in a very dark place and left there to rot. Um, his actions and his previous actions before his assault and murder of George Floyd. Uh, he shouldn't even be, he shouldn't have been a cop. He, he should have been off the force a long time ago. Just put it that way. Um, his, 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 where I, his, where I started to get confused about what he was thinking though, what officer Chauvin, which, you know what, let's be honest. He's a racist asshole. So, We'll just call him a, what's going to call him Officer Cracker moving forward because he is basically a cracker. I mean, he's a racist, he's a white racist cop and um, we're just going to call him Officer Cracker for the hell of it. So here's what I don't understand is that how can you hold a man down with your knee on his throat or neck area for eight minutes and 46 seconds? That's eight minutes and 46 seconds. How does that happen? And how do three other officers allow that to happen? Okay, think about how long eight minutes and 46 seconds is. I've only been talking for six minutes and 47 seconds. So tack on two more minutes, okay, of having a knee on your throat or neck area, okay? What What is your mind thought if you're that officer? Where's, where's your train of thought if you're that officer? I, I, don't, I don't understand it. You know, every cop's wearing a body cam now. You got dash cams and cruisers that are recording everything. And let's be honest, every American over the age of five, I'd say probably five is carrying a smartphone now and recording and uploading everything that they see every day. Never mind police activity, which is always going to be recorded. And, and, you know, if it's even the slightest bit questionable, it's going to hit social media within milliseconds. So think about Eight minutes and 46 seconds. Eight minutes and 46 seconds. All right. You can, in that amount of time, I know as a guy, I can shower and brush my teeth in eight minutes, 46 seconds. I could probably eat a meal in eight minutes and 40 seconds, 46 seconds. I can jog a mile in eight minutes and 46 seconds. Okay. That's a long time being held down by another human being who is supposed to be 
there to protect and serve the public and keep citizens safe. Um, it's, it's really, really scary because it, it takes me back to the, um, the Rodney King beating and what happened in LA in 1992 with the, with the riots in, in Watts and, um, the greater LA area. Uh, it's very scary. I was in, um, high school, I believe when that happened. And this, this makes me very scared for all of us in America because I remember what happened that night. I'm already thinking of, of his trial and how that's going to go and like what the verdict may be. I mean, imagine, just imagine if officer cracker isn't found guilty. I mean, I don't think it's first degree murder. I don't think he, he showed up on the scene with the intent of killing Mr. Floyd. I don't think that was his, his, his mindset. I definitely think it is a, a second degree type homicide where, you know, maybe he didn't mean to, but his actions directly led to like, so it wasn't pre-made. It wasn't premeditated, put it that way, but his actions directly led to the death of Mr. Floyd. There is no denying that. Okay. So we, um, we, we, we need, we need to be as a country, as a society need to be on the same page on that one. That's not my opinion speaking. That is just basic common sense that what happened to Mr. Floyd is downright despicable and disgusting and should not happen in America in the year 2020. Okay. It, it, it's just another example of how far we haven't come in this race. I'm going to call it a race war in this country. And I hate that term because it sounds so horrible, but let's be honest. It's, it's what we're having. And, and, and now we have all this, this looting and this rioting and, and setting fires across America. Um, you know, people, people are, are behaving terribly and defiant, you know, it, in, in, in defense of Mr. Floyd, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, I don't understand how committing criminal acts in defiance of another criminal act is the way to combat this problem. It makes no sense. I mean, <clears throat> and unfortunately for Minneapolis and, and, and Minnesota, like it, it's unfortunate for you because you had the world stage, you had, um, everybody across the country and maybe even the world for that matter on your side. Um, they, I think people in general were disgusted by, by this tragic event. Um, they were on the side of, of the people of, of Minneapolis and they were, they were with them in their stance and they had the support right from, you know, the average guy, working at the, at the, at the construction company, right up to the doctor, right up to the president of the United States, everybody was with you and you had the spotlight and then you dropped the ball. You had the world stage and you literally set that stage on fire. And now that has transcended across the country into major cities. And now we have looting and rioting and the destruction of police vehicles and personal property going on. And I'll never understand what the point of destroying your own neighborhood is 
when something happens. I mean, I don't understand why you'd want to flip over police cruisers or in, in Minneapolis, you know, set, set fire to a police station. Um, it, it only, it only makes you less safe. It only makes it harder for the good cops, which is 99.9% .9 of the police force. It makes it that much harder to keep your loved ones safe every night. You know, they, by they, I mean cops, police officers and firefighters and EMS, anyone in the first responder field are on the front line every night so that you can turn your light off and sleep well and know that you're protected. They are out there doing that. And 99.9% .9 of those first responders are amazing human beings that are heroes on any given day. So I don't understand why you would want to destroy their police cruisers, light their police stations on fire. What is the point? All right. And I also don't understand why you want to, um, you know, go into these, these mostly minority neighborhoods, <laughs> mostly minority neighborhoods, which is so ironic to me. Like we're talking about minorities being, um, picked on, beaten, battered, and killed by police officers. Okay. And then we're going to go in and we're going to, we're going to set fire to minority owned stores and banks and businesses, which now all that does is, is cripple you economically, um, throughout that area, throughout that region, you're actually crippling your own neighborhood economically. And you're also completely crippling yourself in the, in the sense of social, socioeconomics and putting a massive black eye on your city, putting this massive black eye on your city. I don't understand that ideology. Um, I never will. I've never been in a riot. I never looted before. Uh, I don't see myself ever doing it. Not really something that's on my bucket list, so to speak. Um, but there is something I do want to talk about. Um, is is racial profiling? Uh, racial profiling in America. Um, let's be honest; it exists. Um, it's a major, legitimate concern for minorities, and you know, America. It, it's it's a major, legitimate concern for minorities in America. And it, it, it has it has set it up to where a, a a minority must be up to no good. Okay, that's 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 what racial profiling is. If you have a black man driving through a predominantly predominantly white neighborhood, he must be up to no good. It it can't be that he just lives there, or he's going to visit a friend, or he's just out for a cruise. All right, it must be that oh. That Hispanic man or that black man is in Beverly Hills. He must be looking to carjack someone or he must be looking to break into a home. Okay. It's a real thing. All right. Um, now I cannot relate. I'm a white man in America, so I can't even pretend to relate to a black man in America. Okay. I don't know what it's like to be in a traffic stop with a law enforcement officer and not know how that's going to go. I have never, ever felt unsafe during a traffic stop in my entire life. And I'm not sure that all minorities can say that. Um, now I will, I don't, I don't question the fact that racial profiling goes on by law enforcement in this country at all. I 
definitely think it happens. However, I do not think it's every cop in every city or town doing it, okay? It happens. There are bad apples, all right? There are bad apples in every profession, okay? So you just can't... It, it, it takes me to another argument where, all right, we have racial profiling. Well, if we're going to say that minorities are profiled because of skin color or because of race, okay, they're, they're racially profiled, then can't we say that police are also profiled? You know, if if you're going to go off the, if, if you're going to follow the ideology of a black man must be up to no good, okay, then you kind of have to say, all right, well, that's a bad cop. All cops must be bad. Because then, then, then you're, you're, you're profiling the police at that point. So it's the same thing. It's a 50-50 street kind of. If one bad cop does does something does something wrong, that now makes him and his whole department now, you know, um, I'm racist or incapable of doing their job with equality and, and, um, indifference. Okay. So that's where my concern is. There's racial profiling, but in instances like this, you then see how police are profiled. Okay. So because this officer cracker did this horrible thing to this man and murdered this man, George Floyd. Okay. Does that mean that the local cop down the street from me who lives eight doors down is the same piece of shit? I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. So it's, it's a, it, this is a, this is a cyclical thing. It's disgusting and it's not going to stop unless, unless we make efforts across the board. And I'm talking across race, across social economics. I'm talking about police departments doing a better job of hiring and, and doing a better job of policing themselves. But I'll touch upon that later. Um, I, I want to talk about something else that's kind of related to this because it, it one thing that popped in my head when I thought of of how you know racial profiling if 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 you have one black man rob a bank and kill someone that must mean that all black men are robbers and killers which is disgusting to even think about okay because it's just not true I have plenty of black friends who are good people and upstanding people and hardworking people okay. So it made me think of the Holocaust and, um, anyone who doesn't know who the Holocaust is, has been under that rock or on the moon for even longer than the last couple of days. But the Holocaust obviously was the murder and attempted extinction of 6 million Jews by Nazi Germany. Okay. Um, in my sense, and I'm not trying to be demeaning or be ignorant when I say this, but I think it, I think what happened to the to the Jews during World War II um, was worse than slavery and worse than this police police brutality issue we're dealing with now. You're talking about an eradication of six million people, an attempted eradication of an entire ethnic and religious group. Okay, so now that was all started in Germany. Okay, now Germany is still existing today still a very strong country with millions and millions of wonderful, beautiful people living there. Okay. But if we're going to follow this ideology that, all right, one cop makes the whole department bad or one minority makes that entire race bad. 
then I guess we have to we have to say that every person in Germany is a Nazi. If we're going to follow that same ideology, right? I mean, let's think about it. Germans, Nazi Germans, killed 6 million people. But yet they're still there today and they're still a wonderful, it's a wonderful country with, like I said, millions of great people who are innovative and intelligent and definitely are a strong country in this world that we currently live in. So why do we not profile everybody in Germany as a Nazi now? Why, why is it that every time a black man drives in a neighborhood, he must be uh, out to kill someone? Why is it every time a, cop, a white cop shoots a black man, every white cop now is now a racist? Okay? I don't understand that. Why is it that the biggest tragedy, to, in my, in my, this is my opinion, the biggest tragedy in world history, okay, has basically been, I don't want to say forgiven, but has definitely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Moved. It, it, it was, it was moved on from, okay. It was moved on from not forgotten by any means, but moved on from. And yet today we can still take one person and find them to be a horrible, horrible human being and then label an entire country of police officers as being, you know, in that same, in that same boat. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, they're, they're, they're spray, they're spray painting while they're looting, uh, kill cops. A good cop is a dead cop. Okay. That's great. A good cop is a dead cop until you need that cop when someone is breaking into your home. Okay. Or, you know, no one cares about a cop until they will jump into a lake to save your drowning 10-year-old child, okay? No one ever thinks about those things. They just see a cop like, ah, that's a pig, you know, piece of shit, whatever. Until you need him. Until you need that cop, you've got no use for him, right? And that's, that's a big problem that exists in this country today is a lack of respect for the good, hardworking, and brave police officers that do their job every day. Um, anyway, I, I, let me just make sure I'm covering my, my, my bases here. I'm going to flip my notes real quick because um, I think I, I already touched upon how they're, they're destroying their own businesses and, and everything else in the minority neighborhoods out there. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that the only people looting are minorities either. There are plenty of whites out there looting alongside with, um, with the minorities, blacks and, and Hispanics. And I just don't understand the mindset behind the looting. If you were to turn the TV, the volume down. Okay. And if you didn't know what you were watching or where it was being broadcast from, it looks like, it looks like a third world country. It looks like an attempted overthrow of a government in a third world country. But yet this is the United States of America, which is supposed to be the single greatest country in the world. Okay. But yet we are out in our streets, setting fires, flipping over police cars, assaulting innocent people, destroying businesses that are made, that were built and made 
by immigrants who came here with an American dream. Okay. They came here with an American dream to build these businesses and support their families. And then we're going to take all that away because one piece of shit cop kills George Floyd. There are other ways to do these things. And it's very unsettling and very scary to me that we have not come very far at all. It, it's actually very, very, it makes me nervous. You know, I have three young kids and I have friends and listen, there's a whole bunch of young people in this country. Okay. And I'm very fearful for what we're building for them and what we're going to leave behind and what our legacy is going to be. Um, I don't know. I'm getting off. I'm, I'm kind of getting off a little personal there, but, <clears throat> um, I want to touch upon, um, my family has always been a big supporter of, um, of fire police, EMS and first responders. Um, they have donated tens of thousands of dollars through their businesses to local police departments. And every week we still offer free food and half price food to the, to the police officers and firefighters in the local, in the, in the local town where the business is located. And, um, so we, we, we support our fire police EMS to the fullest. However, that doesn't mean that when an officer like officer cracker steps out of line, it doesn't mean that you can't speak your opinion about that. It's okay. It's okay to speak up right now, America. That's fine. Okay. But it's not okay to set buildings on fire and destroy businesses and destroy police stations. That's not okay. There's nothing okay about that because now you, like, like I said before, you're just committing criminal acts in defiance of a criminal act. And that is just, there's only one word for it. Stupid. No, there's two stupid and ignorant, stupid and ignorant. Let's call it that. You know, um, let's be honest, you know, in defense of police officers. Okay. Their job is tough. Police job is difficult. Um, I personally have never patrolled the streets of America as a law enforcement officer. But I do know that their life is on the line, okay? Um, they are out there to protect people who usually don't trust them or respect them, all right? But they are out there doing it, okay? Um, it's a dangerous, very dangerous job. Um, a thankless job. I do know that, you know? Everyone hates a cop. Everyone loves a firefighter, right? So just think about that for a second. Firefighters, everyone loves firefighters. Come to your house, put the fire out, get the cat out of the tree, pull you out of the da- uh, out of that wreckage after you know a car accident. But police work is pretty thankless, and sometimes I think uh, a lot of times overlooked for the good that they that they actually, but they do. It's overlooked for the good they do, um, and it's also a tough job in the sense that you go from from being an enforcer sometimes. You have to be an enforcer, let's be honest. You need to get someone handcuffed or get them restrained, okay? And then you have to switch gears and go into being that that person's custodial guardian at the same time, literally within seconds. So you might you might have someone who's a threat to you, okay, and and has you on your heels a bit, and all of a sudden you have to get them restrained and now you are to protect them. You go from enforcer to protector within seconds. And I can only imagine how difficult that is to perform under pressure um, when emotions are high and the situation is, is, you know, fluid and escalating possibly. 
So I can only imagine how difficult that must be for, for any law enforcement officer to go into a situation where, you know, that man who has a knife or a gun <clears throat> is now subdued and it's your job to get them safely back, you know, into the cruiser, back to the station, processed and into the cell and do it safely. Even though a half hour before that, that person could have been threatening to take your life. You're now, you're now charged with protecting them. And that is not an easy thing. And it's, <laughs> it's not something that I, uh, that I would like to be faced with on a daily basis. I can tell you that. Um, so food for thought on that, just try to put yourself in other people's shoes. You know, it's very easy to judge, you know, when you're on the outside looking in and sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees, you know, um, a couple things I want to touch upon before I sign off was also, um, um, like I said, I just have a couple notes here. Um, a couple ideas on trying to solve this, this, this issue we have in America, cause it's a cancer. It's a cancer. That's, that's, um, ripping apart this country literally as we speak. Um, I think that there has to be more policing amongst the police. They need to, to police themselves. Um, you know, one of the big things, a lot of times that police use to try to get, um, citizens or civilians to come forward with, with, um, you know, as witnesses is to see something, say something, right? We've all heard that. See something, say something. I think that needs to also transcend into the police department and to all the officers who may see things that should not be happening by a fellow officer. See something, say something. Um, there needs to be a safe way to report a fellow officer's inactions, whether they're racially motivated or not. There needs to be a way to get that message to a superior officer and do that safely without feeling, you know, embarrassment in front of other officers or to feel threatened by that officer that they may be, um, quote unquote, ratting on. But I, I think there needs to be police policing amongst the police. There needs to be, I guess, get rid of that whole thing of, you know, um, the brotherhood can't break the brother. Can't, you, you can't rat another cop out because then you're, you're going against the oath of the brotherhood and all that, that needs to go out the window as police officers. You have an obligation to your community. Um, obviously to each other, you know, you have an obligation to protect and serve and to protect each other in the line of duty, but you also, you gotta, you gotta police each other. If something is going on, it needs to be handled. You know, Officer Cracker, the piece of shit from Minnesota, um, had a list of, of complaints against him. Some of them racially charged complaints, and yet he's still in the department. Why is he still able to serve? Why is he still in a position where he can kill George Floyd? That's my question. Why is he still in a position to kill George Floyd? That is a problem, okay? That's a cancer. And that pisses me off. That pisses me off because I have kids. And I have nieces and nephews. And I have family who could very well be on the receiving end of a bad cop's temper or rage-fueled um, anger. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever you want to call it. I, 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 that scares me. 
that scares me because there's so many good cops out there. But what about the night you get the bad cop? What about the night you get that one guy who may be off his rocker a little bit? And that brings me to my next thing. Police go through a pretty intensive hiring process and they go through a, psycho a psychological evaluation when they're hired. Why can't they be evaluated, you know, on a regular basis? Life's constantly changing. Um, people's emotional and psychological and mental states are constantly changing. So why can't they be evaluated more often? You know, it's, I don't, I don't think the average law enforcement officer will come and ask for help. I don't think the average human will come and ask for help, to be honest with you. Nothing against law enforcement officers. I think people in general don't know something's wrong until it's too late. And I speak from experience in that. Trust me, if you've heard some of my other podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't know something is off. Sometimes you don't realize that your actions are off. And maybe having evaluations on a more regular basis, I think, might be able to keep therapists and doctors and psychologists more in tune with what is going on with the police officer's mind. It's a difficult job. It's constantly changing. There are stresses on the job. There are stresses at home. You know, you might have a situation at home with your, with your wife or your kids. So you left the house and you're in a tough spot already. And now you are walking down the street with a hand cannon in a pissed off mood. And maybe you're not wired too tight that night. Maybe not wrapped too tight. You know, um, they're humans. And humans make mistakes and humans have issues. And if we just say, ah, they're law enforcement officers, they're cops, they're good to go. I think we're making a big mistake and we're making our streets less safe. And we're also doing a disservice to the law enforcement officer by not giving them what they need for their mental health and stability. Um, so I think there's a lot to be done with with police looking after themselves in the sense of, like I said, see, say, see something, say something. All right. If something's not right in the department, they need to bring it to someone's attention. If something's not right during a traffic stop, or if there's alarming behavior by a certain individual in the department, it needs to be brought up and something has to be investigated or else we're going to lose more men like George Floyd. Um, and the last thing I want to say in closing is, um, I guess, and this is kind of unfair, but, um, the other thing, the, the other way to handle this, this, this situation, this crisis in America is, um, for minorities. And, and this is, this is geared towards minorities, what I'm about to say right now. And it's not fair. All right. Just because we are created equal doesn't mean we are treated equal. And that's not fair. It sucks. That sucks. That's a shitty deal. Just because we are created equal does not mean we're treated equally. Um, sorry, I, I can't. I can't sugarcoat that one for you. That's a shit deal, and it's real, and that sucks. So, my advice to minorities, um, and this is a like I said, a middle-aged white guy giving this advice, but um, you, <laughs> unfortunately, until this gets better. You need to be compliant during a traffic stop. Okay. Even have to be over compliant. All right. 
And that's not fair. Like I said, it sucks, but you need to be over compliant. All right. Maybe if it's nighttime, turn on your interior lights so that the, the officer or officers approaching the vehicle can see into the vehicle. So it sets their mind at ease a little bit. Um, make sure your hands are on the wheel. Make sure your passenger's hands are visible. Maybe put the hands on the dashboard, whatever. Okay. Um, I know it's not fair. Like I said, um, you know, turn the music down, make sure there's no music or background noise that could possibly get an officer's, you know, nerves rattled or, or make him a little bit edgy or, or uneasy. Um, give zero attitude to the officer, black or white. I don't care what color the officer is. I don't care if it's an alien, just don't give that officer any attitude. <clears throat> okay. Because you never know what, what position they're in or if they're having a bad day or if, I don't know, their wife just filed for divorce. You have no idea where they're at. They're human beings. Okay. You have no idea where that officer who walks up to your window in the middle of the night is emotionally or mentally. Okay. So try to remember that. And, um, the other thing too, is obviously you can't do this because your hands are hopefully on the steering wheel or on the dashboard at this, at this time. But when you're getting pulled over and, and after you stop, hit the record video button on your phone and put it right there in your dashboard. Record the traffic stop. There's nothing illegal about it. Record the traffic stop. When the officer comes up, you know, just protect yourself and say, want to let you know, Officer Smith, that you are currently being recorded. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, now you know that you're, you're protected. God forbid something should go wrong. Obviously you're not protected from a violent act, but now everything is right there and being recorded. You let the officer know. And hopefully if that officer is having a, ha having a bad night or has bad intentions, hopefully that the threat of being recorded might be enough to, to offset that. And, you know, make that officer think twice before doing something that could jeopardize a life or his or her career. Um, I don't know. I guess all I can do is keep on rambling on at this point, but I think you got my point um, tonight. I'm not taking sides in this. I'm just really embarrassed to be an American right now. Um, we have not gone very far from, you know, the 1850s when we had slavery and, um, here we are in, in America in 2020 and we have, you know, black men being killed by law enforcement officers for literally nothing, possibly matching the description of a man who tried to pass a $20 counterfeit bill. That man lost his life for that eight minutes and 46 seconds, eight minutes and 46 seconds. And Look what it did. It changed so many lives, defined so many lives, and there's so many victims of this that could have been avoided, and it really is a senseless act and a senseless death, and I just truly hope that we can somehow work on this because this is an issue, and um, that's about it. I'm not taking sides in this. I love law enforcement. I love first responders. I love fellow man, black, white, doesn't matter. Any minority group, any religious group, I don't really care. We just need to work on ourselves as individuals and in groups and 
try to take care of each other and have more respect for one another. But that's about it. Like I said, I could ramble on and ramble on, but it's already been long enough. So um, thank you guys for listening. And I look forward to hopefully something a little bit lighter next time. Um, this is Big Rigger, and I'm signing off. Talk to you next time. Bye.